Thanks, Tim, for, for that and for reminding us just the heart of a parent. And uh, that's what we are coming to today as we uh, go back and examine the life of Christ is the fact that you had a parent, God the Father, who looked upon a bunch of people that he had created and that he loved, and he knew the only way to rescue and redeem them was to send his one and only son in order to save uh, the rest who he wanted to call his children. And so that's what we have today um, with the life of Christ. Let's, let's bow in a word of prayer, and then we'll enter the scriptures together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to call you Father, not because that was our desire or our plan to be able to make that happen, but the scripture says it was your will in the way that you orchestrated it and fulfilled it in Jesus Christ that has made it possible for us to receive him and to believe and to be called children of God. And so, Lord, we're thankful for the message of the gospel. We're thankful that it's uh, just so extensive and that we can dig and dig and dig into the gospel and we can never tire of just how amazing your grace is. And so today, Lord, as we consider the death of your son, Jesus, Lord, we pray that you would, uh, in a fresh way, remind us of just how significant it is of what you did in giving your son. I pray that you would teach us by your word. I pray that you would control my mind, heart, and lips, that I've only, I would only speak what you have ordained today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The, Tim, uh, the song that Tim just sang was a song about a, a mom who desires the children to be saved. And, um, and, and the mom eventually dies and wants to know that the children are going to be okay. And, and, and death is something within our lives that, that occurs. And when it occurs to people that we love, it's a significant, significant loss. I remember um, back in about 2004, I believe it was, uh, my grandfather died. It was the first real significant close family member that died. And I just remembered creating the, the slideshow for his funeral and just kind of doing that work. And it didn't ha- hit me till right in the funeral, just boom, they're gone. And then another grandpa died. And then just before we came out to, to North Carolina in, in 2014, uh, Granny died. I mean, all these deaths just just devastating when somebody that you love is taken away from you. We, we have experienced in our life just the devastation of death when somebody is removed. And some of you are, are feeling that right now. You have somebody maybe significant that even this last year and the last few years has been removed from your life because something that's, that's wrong with life is that there's also death. That was a problem that occurred way back in the beginning when because of sin, not just the sin of Adam and Eve, but the scripture says because of your sin and the things that you've done, that you will die. And it's a problem. And so God in his infinite plan had said, I want to make a way. And ever since the beginning, God was foretelling the way that he was going to take care of this problem and overcome this problem of death. So even in Genesis 3, as God is speaking to the serpent, God promises that he is going to deal a death blow to Satan. That's going to come through Jesus. Uh, later on in, in Genesis chapter 22, you have the picture of, of Abraham taking his son Isaac up on the hill, the son that he was to sacrifice. But right at the moment when that son was about to die, God stopped him by the angel and said, no, 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 hold off. And over in the thicket was provided a ram, a substitute instead of Isaac. It was already portraying what Jesus was going to do as he laid down his life and was given instead of us. 
And we have that throughout the scriptures. We have other ones like in Isaiah 53, when it says that there was a sheep that was led to the slaughter. It was as a sacrifice given. And as Peter, we heard already this morning in 1 Peter chapter 3, quotes out of Isaiah, by his wounds, we are healed. It's all foretelling. It's all preparing for Jesus. And then even as the angel comes to Mary and speaks to Joseph, the things that were said about Jesus, both in his name that he would save, but also when he says he will save his people from their sins that had all been foretold. And so we've been going through the life of Christ and we saw his birth and all that was foretold about that. We've looked at how he went on into ministry after his baptism, how he went on into a ministry of teaching people. And he went on into a ministry of healing people. But if that's all that the ministry of Jesus was. Then it wouldn't have been of significant help to us. Because God in helping us by teaching wasn't just trying to help us with ignorance uh, from being dumb. Uh, by, By helping with healing, his whole goal wasn't just that we would extend our life for a few more years. All that was trailing up to Jesus going to the cross to have the greatest of ministries whereby he would give of himself in our place for our sin. And so today we're dealing with the death of Christ. And that's why today I am dressed in all black. <laughs> I've had people staring at me all day like, what is, what, what is wrong with you? I've had three different people call me Johnny Cash. Uh, you're the, the man in black. And uh, I wish I could play guitar and sing like him. And often when I'm playing, I'm sure you do too. Um, but it's not that. It is that when we come to the death of Christ, even the sky got dark that day. It was such a grievous situation that was occurring when that lamb was being slaughtered that even nature went dark it's an opportunity for mourning when we see the significance of what he's done and so we're going to just take a few moments i'm just going to read the story of the crucifixion out of john chapter 19 and then close with just a few words and we're just going to focus on what jesus did for us today on that cross and 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 as we turn to Um, John chapter 19. And again, if you don't have a Bible and need a Bible, we have Bibles that you can have. They're located in the back foyer or on the side table. If you need one, pick it up. You can have it, write your name on it and own it and read it. We're in John 19. And I I know as we come to this passage and we we reflect again on the death of Jesus, it's easy. It's easy for us to say, well, I've heard that before. And really the thing that we talk most about especially at Unity Church, is the death of Jesus, what he has done. We talk about it every week in every Bible study. It's always the death of Jesus. But I want us as we go into this passage to have a prayer in our heart that is this. Lord, let me, let me be affected by it again. Let it be as if I'm hearing it again for the first time, that sacrifice of what took place as Jesus was on the cross. So we're going to be in John chapter 19. I'm going to pick it up in verse 14. Now, Jesus had been on trial before the Roman Governor Pilate, Pilate saying, I don't see anything wrong with this guy, but the Jews are pressing. The Jews want Jesus uh, to die because they believe he's blaspheming. They don't believe he's the son of God. They don't like and they are jealous in the fact that crowds are coming to him. And so they're against Jesus trying to get Pilate to kill him. It says in verse 14. Now, it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. Pilate said to the Jews, behold, your king. They cried out away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, 
We have no king but Caesar. So Pilate delivered Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write King of the Jews, but rather this man said, this man claimed, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, And so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness, his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you may also believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled, not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave them permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, 
They laid Jesus there. That's the story of God who became man, not unaware of what happens to human bodies that without life in it, there's death. And, and knowingly, he went through with the plan. He, he did not have the suffering taken away from him, but he went through and at, at, at Pilate saying yes, and at the Jews saying crucify him, and at those nails going into his hands and his feet, and even the, the spear up his side. At all those times, Jesus knew that this is the death that I give. I'm giving my life for them. The scripture that we read out of 1 Peter chapter 3 said that he had never sinned. There was no reason that he should have been on that cross, but he gave himself for us. And in that moment, he substituted himself, just like all the prophets had said, that he had become the sacrificial lamb so that that blood would cover you and so that at the moment you would call upon him to be saved and ask for forgiveness, he would forgive you of your sin. The reason is this, is because we're sinners. From the moment we were conceived, we were conceived in sin and our desire has been to sin and so we have sin. And we need rescued from our sin and death and an eternity of wrath. It's a bad situation that we are in. We stand before God and if we were to stand before him at judgment, he would look upon us and we would have a complete record of debt of everything that we have done and all of our thoughts and everything against God. And he would stand there and have a complete record and testimony of why we should die and it would be just. We owed a debt. The scripture says because we sinned, we owed a debt of death. And so God looked at the immensity of our debt. And some of us might say, well, my debt's not that big. It, it's easy for us. We usually tend to, to think of ourselves better than we are. Oftentimes because we're looking at the next guy saying, well, I'm not as bad as he is. Ooh, I, you know, it's easy to say, well, I'm not a murderer. I haven't cheated on my wife. I pay my taxes. You know, I, 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 we look at ourselves saying, I'm, I'm not the worst of the worst. But here's the situation. Is that the littlest sin that you have ever done. And you might think it's the little white lie. It's still that one you're trying to cover up. It might be, you know, you jaywalked. I don't know what it was, but you've got that little sin. And it might seem like a little action. But, but that is just a, a little portion that reveals a bigger problem that's under the surface. It's like seeing a couple little ants on top of that anthill. You know that they represent a whole nest that's underground, right? That little sin that you do represents a whole nest of sin that's in your life. It is bad in that soul. It's wicked, rebellious, and against God. And it's full of debt. Debt that needed to be paid. And because God is just for all sinners, there will be a payment of that debt. And Jesus says that if you are left till the end without God's help, you will stand there and God will judge you and the payment for your debt will be your own soul. But God, in his love and his graciousness and his ability to save, from the beginning of time, marked out a plan. 
And that plan was that he would send his son as a human being who had never done anything wrong. And he would stand there even as he's being accused by the Romans and the Jews have nothing stick against him that was evil. He would still go through with that. And he would die the death of a criminal, even though he didn't deserve it. And the scripture says this. That on that cross, Jesus said these words. It is finished. The word that's used there for finished is the word paid. It is paid. And in my Bible, there's a period. It is paid. The complete debt that needs to be paid for the sin of the people. I have paid it. Father, here is my life. I give it to you as an opportunity for me to be crushed under your wrath. I will take Jason's debt. It is paid, period. I look upon your debt, all that sin, and it might be a little sin, but it represents a whole lot of rebellion. And you know that the moment you ask for forgiveness, all that was put on Jesus. And he looked at your life and he said, it's paid. It's paid. There's nothing left to pay for your debt when your sin has been put upon Jesus. It's amazing. Wouldn't it have been awful? Some of, some of you have done a great job. You've, you've had a mortgage. You've had a car payment. And you've gone and you've, you've made that payment. And it's such a good feeling when they hand you that last receipt that says it's paid. You have, you have the, the deed to your house. You have the title to your car. You have that. And it, it represents the fact that the debt has been paid and you own it. Wouldn't it be awful this week that you go, you, you go out to your mailbox, you open that thing up, and there's a letter from the bank. And the bank says, even though it was paid on that date, you still owe something. Wouldn't it be a bad feeling, like you could never get rid of that debt? That's not what Jesus does. He didn't save you and then ask for you to continue to pay off debt. What he said was, it is paid. It is finished. I'm paying their debt, God. I'm paying their debt, Father. At the hands of humans, Jesus was murdered. At the hand of his father, Jesus was sacrificed. At the hands of Jesus, love and forgiveness. And what he does is he took his hands off that cross and then he extends them to us and says, here's my life, I'm giving it to you. Look how much I love you. I've been pierced for you. By my wounds, you're healed. The only thing he asks is that you believe. He says, trust him for forgiveness, trust him for salvation. And in that moment when he he causes that change in your heart and you come and you say, Lord, please forgive me. You know what happens? You become a new person. The, The scripture says that you are regenerated, that you are no longer that old self. You are a new self. You are a new creation in Christ. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And you no longer walk with debt. You no longer walk with guilt. Now you get to walk with God. That's the gospel. 
Jesus came and he was born and he taught and he healed. And those were great and fascinating things that he did. But if he had not completed it on the cross, all of his listeners and all the blind and all the lepers, they all would have died. Just like my grandpa's died and just like my grandma died and just like your loved ones died. It would just be death and just be death and just be death until God justly brought us wrath for eternity. But instead, he brought the wrath upon his son, Jesus Christ. So for you and I, we could believe. And in that belief of what he's done for our sin, it wouldn't be just death. It'd be living. It'd be living freely. It'd be living in his grace. So today, as we just recognize the cross, here's, here's what I, I want to leave you with. It is paid, period. Paid. That's the word of freedom that you need today. It's paid. It's paid. It's paid. Men and women in the scripture who spent their life trying to do, 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 do religiousness. People like Peter and John, the Apostle Paul, they had tried to do and do and do. And you know what captured him? When Jesus stopped him and said, it is finished, it's paid. Those men and those women, as they recognized freedom, it accelerated their life into this moment of just living all out for Jesus. But it had to start with them knowing that it's been paid. This morning, some of you need to know that it's paid. And come back to the story of the cross and say, Jesus did it all. I can trust him, and that gives me freedom. Because it's been paid. This is Labor Day weekend, an opportunity to take a break from work. I think it's also a good opportunity that we have the death of Jesus on Labor Day weekend that it would remind us that we didn't have to do the work. Jesus did it. He's got it. And so continue to, to go in that. He'll ask you then to go, and, and you're going to get back to work, and, 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 and it's him who's going to be working through you. And it's still that freedom. You're not paying off that debt anymore. It is, it is paid. It is paid. So this morning, we're going to close in a couple songs of prayer, and I'm going to invite you, if you want, to come down and pray. And, and maybe this is the first time you're just going to come and bring your life to the Lord and say, Lord, I, just, I believe that you paid for my sin. So since you've paid, I just want to come and bring you my sin and ask that you would forgive me. And you know what happens in that moment when he forgives you for the first time? Freedom. It's the first time you've ever been free. You have peace. You have a Savior. You have a purpose. You have an eternity. And if maybe you've gotten off track and you've gone towards religiousness, or maybe you've been banking up a whole load of more sin, and you just need to come and lay down and say, Lord, please forgive me. Would you, would you put me back on the right track? It might be the little things that you didn't think were significant. They're significant. Come and put them before the Lord and ask for repentance. You're welcome to come and lay any burden before the Lord, but we're going to sing these songs together as a prayer to end our time as we come and we, we ask the Lord to remind us that He has finished it. It is paid. And so, Father, we thank You for Your Word. It's not just empty stories of religiousness 
or failed attempts by people to save, but that you did what was necessary by sending your son to die for us. We thank you for his sacrifice, but also the sacrifice you made in giving your son. We thank you for what it means for us that our debt has been paid and that it's finished and that now we get to walk with you. We thank you for your saving power. This is not something we can do on our own, but we need your spirit, Lord, to continue to draw us to Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray that as we again have looked upon the crucified Jesus, that it would move us, move us closer to you. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. Would you please stand with me? We're going to close in a couple songs that are clearly demonstrating all that Jesus has done for us. And as the Lord might lead you, you're welcome to come and pray or pray where you're at. And maybe if you see somebody coming to the front, uh, you might come and, and pray with them. See what they need with the Lord this morning and, and pray along with them. I hear the Savior say Your strength indeed is small Child of weakness, watch and pray Find in me thine all in all Jesus paid it all All to him I that you'd be present. Lord, we ask that you would just continue to bring us to the cross, knowing that you have paid the debt. Lord, knowing that you have desired to take our sin. 
and to free us and to give us your righteousness. And so, Lord, we come and we ask that you would cause us to remember your grace. And Lord, even as it extends into the other places in life that we have need, Lord, we pray that you would give healing. We thank you that we've already seen your faithfulness in healing, Lord. And so we call upon you for help. Or for those who have come with other burdens, different things going on in their heart and their minds, Lord, we pray that we would release it all to you. And in the same way we trust you for a complete forgiveness in eternity, Lord, we pray for the daily things that may be wearing us down. We ask that you would relieve those things. We'd walk hand in hand, hand in hand with you, trusting you even today. to say my lips shall still repeat Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as my sin that held him 
verse 3. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no Yes, this I know. 